Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? Wednesday in the house, uh, talking Detroit Lions here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Another tough game for our football team, but we're here like we are all the time, twice a week talking Lions, fantasy football. Soon enough, we'll be talking draft. I got some exciting things on the horizon. Always good things going on here at the Kool-Aid cast, and one of those things is the one and only Grifka. Grifka's in the building. Grifka, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Same, same, same. Same, same. Gosh, that goes. That was a tough game to watch, man. It was just, it just really was. So, uh, let's uh, let's not let's not bemoan it. We all, all the lines fans saw it. So, uh, let's uh, let's hop into some uh, good stuff here first uh, before uh, we dissect that game. Yeah, did, uh, Lions Vikings traveling up to Minnesota. We'll get to that. A uh, couple news and notes off the top. Griffin, I don't think we hit on this, and I'm just. Uh, Curious your thoughts. There, there's a certain guy that recently came back to the team. I don't know if you've heard of him. Carry on, my son. Carry on Johnson, man. This guy's just been kind of a forgotten piece. This is year two now where he's missed significant time. You know, people, the minute he got hurt the second time, been looking for another running back, wanting to pair him up with somebody, acting like he's just a no good whatsoever. I mean, he came back to the practice field last week. He can come back against the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts, not only with carry-on, but he's coming back to practice. Do you want to see him on the field? Like, just kind of talk about number 33 there for a bit. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I know I saw that was he started coming back last week, and I know I just did a small touch on it last Friday because I didn't know what the game plan was for him. And it doesn't even seem like they're even releasing a whole lot of information on what they're looking to do with him. Um, I know at I was one a- point – that was a previous episode you talked about carry on. Yeah. Last Friday. Was, um, I just touched on it really quick. Cause I saw that he had come back. So, um, All right. uh, and I was, uh, hoping to get, they would, I don't, I didn't think they would play him against, you know, uh, Minnesota, but, uh, like I said, they haven't really released any information. So I guess my information, not my information, my, my thought on this would, would be like, if they were thinking of using him, I mean, just maybe use him like maybe a quarter of the time. I know we had talked about this last year after he got, after he was injured. And if they were, um, we always thought, you know, all snaps could only help him in the long run. But um, I don't think if they were going to bring him back and play him at this, you know, this year, they give him as amount of carries and touches that he had early in the year. Um, maybe just like a quarter of those. If you're planning on having this guy be one of your major players in the long run, you know, and like I said, that's two, I don't want to say major injuries. I don't think they're major, but they're two significant injuries, you know, in his first two years in the league. Uh, he's got to be really careful with him at this point. You know, even at practice, you always hear those odd things like, oh, this guy got dinged up at practice and he's not going to be, you know, you hear that stuff all the time. So 
I mean, any any amount of playing time, I, w- I would like to see him, but really kind of scale it back, you know, maybe a quarter of the touches that you're planning on using that, that you were using him for. Yeah. Um, here's my thoughts on... Uh, Carry on my son. I mean, this was a guy that I, you know, latched on to early. I thought he passed the eye test pretty quick. You know, the Lions kind of a surprising move just, you know, booted C.J. Anderson pretty quick within this year and went really bare bones at running back. You know, some people thought, wow, they they said all offseason they weren't going to make carry on kind of a workhorse. They're going to kind of, you know, spread carries and they wanted to have multiple running backs. And then they completely did the opposite. Basically, carry on goes down. Uh, like I said, a lot of people have written this guy off. I, I still think he's a, a really good football player above average. I mean, I'm I'm debating now if he's the guy, but I also don't want to just say, oh, I got to put another big resource, even though part of me wants to go draft another great running back to make a great combo and put this to bed that we can't run the football. But I think if you added a complimentary piece as well as get this guy right and uh, injuries, sometimes there's fluke things. So, you know, I, I want people to under- remember how good he was when he was up and rolling. You know, everybody can be frustrated with he's hurt. He's come back to practice. I know everybody is sitting there going, oh, we, uh, you know, well, why would you put him out there? I mean, I think it was on Twitter a few weeks ago. I said, this is NFL football. Like, you can't put everybody in bubble wrap just because your season isn't going according to plan. Oh, well, we want to have the great draft pick. Oh, we don't want any get anybody hurt. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to roll, like, you know, 47, 53 guys out there. So, you know, I'm not a guy that's just shelf everybody. Hey, just get him a great off season. I mean, you get hurt in the final game of the year, the first game of the year. I think all that stuff is pretty random and the NFL's a pretty rough game. So if they're healthy, if they can play, you know, for the most part, there are circumstances, you know, probably with our quarterback or maybe you'd, you, you do want to hold him out and be smart about it. But I feel like if carry can go against Denver and, and we feel like we want to get him out there and again, see what he has and see if he picks up, you know, where he left off last year against the Patriots, the dolphins, whoever, I think it's important. So uh, like I say, I, if I were fans out there, I would not write him off. I would not say that this guy can't be the lead back. And I, I don't say bubble wrap him. I say, you know, if he's ready, go. I, he is wearing this huge um, knee brace, which to me is a, a big concern. Just I saw him back at practice and like under the sweats they wear, you can just see this massive knee brace. So, I mean, if he's still got some lingering issues, then, yeah, maybe you hold him out. But um, well, like I say, carry on still my guy. I had soured a bit, sort of frustrated that he's missing it's not just a few games here or there you know this is last year what, was probably seven eight games in the year here we are went out in the first couple weeks here we are in week 15 haven't seen him at all so it's just been frustrating with him but you know hopes are still there and i wouldn't mind seeing him that's that's my uh grifka-esque long-winded take on carry on johnson <laughs> just just to follow up on that i i'm like reading people it's like yo he's done cut him and it's just like and I can't understand why people are saying that already. It's just like, even when he's playing, he's being productive. I mean, I mean, I don't, I think defense is somewhat. You didn't see it this year in his limited action, but I mean, if he'd have played the last 12 games, I guarantee you'd have seen some, some big ball games and some plays from him. But like you say, people just, they didn't see it in the first couple games and they haven't seen him since. So, 
Yeah, it's just those things where he is showing flashes. I mean, especially, you know, like in his rookie year. I mean, he's going to be here at least through his rookie contract. I mean, unless like a major injury where he can't go. That's the only way he's not going to play through his rookie contract here. So I think fans out there calling, like, oh, just cut him now. That's, I mean, I know it's one of those things he doesn't make, you like, he doesn't make a whole lot of money. So why would you just, you know, kick him to the curb that doesn't make any sense at all that's just that's just dumb no no sense no sense and uh i i was actually this is how crazy some of my dynasty fantasy football gets i literally have to google at times these players ages because i'm literally comparing ages to like other players i have i want to keep them like i think carry johnson in like june or something uh turns 23 years old i want to say I mean, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, he has the he has the size, the speed, the, the thump sort of that you look for. He can catch it. I mean, yeah, anybody that would be just saying get rid of him doesn't understand team building. Real quick before we move on, Grifka, I think I sort of told you my opinion on this, or I told a few other people, but I'm curious with you. So he's been hurt two years. You know, you've seen some glimpses. He hasn't, you know toppled over that thousand yards. He obviously hasn't got those big touchdown numbers you would hope for from a really top end running back. Are, are you pairing carry on Johnson with another top free agent, a draft pick, or are you going into 2020 just saying I'll take carry on and some complimentary type pieces and roll out again and, and hope that it works that time. Uh, I would probably look for somebody in the draft. I don't know if depending on where the lines end up picking, I don't know if I want to spend a first rounder on it. You know, second or third, you can still get some good backs there. Not for sure who's out there in the running back for, um, crowd for free agents. Um, I think, you know, what they did with C.J. Anderson, you know, this year, it might sour, you know, leave a sour taste in people's mouths. Like, oh, he's, you know, washed up. You know, he, he had a, you know, C.J. Anderson had a nice stint with the Rams. But, uh, you know, I think we saw the Oakland Raiders, C.J. Anderson. That's why they got rid of him. So I would look more of a draft pick. I don't think you can go with carry on, hoping he stays healthy all year. And then you're looking at, you know, the scrap heap for you can get lucky maybe with a Bo Scarborough. I mean, he's been a pleasant surprise since they've signed him. But I don't think you can guarantee carry on's going to play, you know, three quarters of next year with the way he's been. So you got to pair him with somebody. And I would probably go with a young back because if he does have another significant injury, maybe you can like use that young back as, you know, the bell cow that you're looking for. Yeah, I don't mind it. We'll talk about draft, you know, as we get forward, but you know, when you take a top three round running back, you're basically, you know, giving Bo Scarborough no carries in 2020 or very limited, you know, you're, you're you're limiting what carry on can do what his ceiling is so that, that's where i talk about the replacing a piece for a piece i mean you know they i i my brain is turning on could it could Bo and and kj be be a combo you know i i really would that's kind of why i want to see him back too in denver in the final game is i'd love to see him together and see what they could do but uh it'll be it'll be curious to see we we could chat about it all day uh grifka the other news and notes i got off the top here uh, marvin jones announced right before we kind of started recording here that uh, he's going to be ir'd as well i think i wrote a few friends and just said man we're just iring people like my dropping like flies. I mean, again, it makes a lot of the fan base happy because they're like, oh, you know, if he's hurt a little bit, get him out so we can just lose the the rest of the games. But if you look at the draft, you know, it's basically Cincy, 
the Giants, Washington, Miami, and us. So unless you see, you know, Miami or Washington putting together a couple dubs, you're going to be sitting there regardless at probably number five. Uh, so, you know, I don't know that that losing out is going to get you up where people want to get to number two to get Chase Young. Uh, any thoughts on on losing another top playmaker? I mean, it just feels like, you know, it's just not NFL football that we're watching here in Detroit with the limited skill players and people that we're putting out on the field every Sunday. Yeah, this might be one of those cases where if the Lions were in the hunt for something, Marvin Jones would be playing. But as opposed to making this, you know, oh, you know, worse situation with his injury, it's like, OK, just put him on an IR and use somebody off the practice squad or you know, I guess kind of save them for next year or something like that. So that that's pretty much how I feel with this is it didn't, I, it didn't look anything like really bad happened to him in the Minnesota game. So this is just one of those things. I think if the Lions were in the hunt, he would be on the field. Griff, here's a follow-up for you. So again, on this show, we have some battles and I, I do try to put in a good amount of work on the side. Some of it you know about or see, some of it you don't as far as, figuring out NFL roster building, salaries, draft, free agency, all that stuff that I really enjoy. The thing I can't wrap my head around is so like they IR a guy like Marvin Jones, you know, like you said, maybe just uh, somewhat minor, but not able to come back. They tuck him away. It seems like every time they do this, they very rarely go out or they even elevate a guy that, you know, is a rookie. You'd like to see, I don't know, like Travis Fulgham. They bring in some defensive tackle from Miami's practice squad that, like, I haven't done any, like, homework on. But they they always seem like they're bringing in these no-name tight ends I never heard about. We joked about that before on the show. They're bringing in every corner under the sun that never sees the roster. I'll never understand the NFL GM of IRing a guy and not just bringing up what seems obvious, like, okay, if you're going to put Marvin down, bring Fulgham up so we can see if we have anything there. I mean, he took him in the, you know, what, sixth-round pick. I mean, you're not paying him any money. He showed flashes in preseason. And instead, you bring in, like, your sixth defensive tackle from some other practice squad. I mean, you think he's going to get up to speed in a couple games and do anything? Like, that blows my mind. Are you with me on that or what? Yeah, I, I completely understand that. It seems like, you know, you talk about fantasy sports. If you lose like a wide receiver on your fantasy team, so it's like, well, okay, I'm going to pick up a tight end just to throw him in there. It's just, it's like, wouldn't you bring up another wide receiver? Aren't you, isn't your team a wide receiver short now? So I, I yeah, that's one thing I really can't understand either. And it's just, yeah, it's getting late in the year. Maybe it's one of those things like, okay, we just want somebody else for the rotation. I, I don't know, but I, they're down Hawkinson. And what they brought up, not it doesn't seem like he's played a whole lot of tight end. They seems like they've used them more at that fullback position, or that you know that H back, you know the old Frank Wycheck type play. So, yeah, I can't understand that why you would pick up somebody who's just been kind of yeah on another team's practice squad or even like out on the street and you bring on a Tuesday or Wednesday to try out and you sign them and throw them on the roster. So that never made an ounce of sense to me either. So you basically agree with me. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that because me and you are eye to eye on that thing. I, 
I, I just that was one of those things like, yeah, you put yeah, we put a wide receiver on there, but yo, here we go, we're gonna bring in this punter. Okay. Can, what what good is that? Yeah. And sometimes it's like you can see that oh, maybe it's a special team, maybe it's these other things that we don't pay as much of attention to. I mean, I don't know if you know Griffka, but special teams a third of the game, it's really important. Um yes, but very. but but we're just bringing in, like I say, nobodies. We cut them, we bring them in, we cut them. It's like I, I don't understand why this guy wouldn't be coming up and like say Nada, he's been out there, but he doesn't really do anything. I heard, I think it was like Michael Harris. Somebody's like, you know, Hey, Isaac Nada's the third tight end. Maybe next year. I've liked what he's done. I'm like, what has he done? He hasn't done anything. He's just sort of been out there. I think he saw one football and then he's sort of been in on a few plays here or there. And he acted like he had some stellar game or he, he jumped off the tape. I was just like, Oh my gosh, what, what are you watching? I, I do want to throw this into, I meant to throw it in a couple uh Minutes ago, my new Grifka catchphrase, which is going to be getting one of these, is the Grifka. I'm not quite for sure. That's like a classic now, um, and uh, you you don't really realize it, but I I know the people out there here the Grifka. I'm not quite for sure, which uh, just makes me laugh, and is going to definitely deem one of these. Um, but yeah, I mean. We'll see what happens. I mean, we got some other things we could talk about on Friday, but between carry on Marv going on IR and like, they felt like they were bringing up young guys like, Hey, let's get a look at these guys. I mean, me and Hughes were doing some work on rookie um, or draft stuff for 2020, as well as I was looking at these rookie contracts. And I think Travis Fulgham is like four years, 2 million, $2 million, like total. I mean, uh, PJ Johnson, who we got rid of, is like four years, two million bucks. It's like no money. So that's what pisses me off when these get late guys get no run or just get let go. It's like that's a lottery ticket right there. That's a four-year player that you have on no money, and you, and you just you just brought him in for a, a look. Oh, we thought he could he could back up snacks, or they have some random idea for him, and then he's gone. It's like I know it's hard to hit home runs in the seventh round, but just get us some players that can make the team or that now could be on your practice squad. Hey, bring them up for four or five games, get a look. And in a season like this, and then if you get rid of them in the off season, no big deal. But yeah, like I would love a GM to sit me down and say like, Hey, this is why they're bringing in this guy, or this is what they see in this, you know, guy off the street. That's uh, not even a position of need that we bring in when, when they get rid of a star player. I just, it seems odd to me. So, yeah. That's that's what I got off the top, man. Let's uh, take a break for the sponsors. We'll come back. And, man, uh, I would love to say we have tons of great things to talk about, uh, Detroit versus Minnesota. But um, I remember just sitting there during this game doing some work for uh, PFF and some other things. And I just thought, like, there, there's just nothing going on in this game that 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 gets me going. It's just another game, going through the motions, making some bad mistakes here or there. It's like – I just can't wait to flip the calendar over to next year because this is, like I said, this isn't NFL football and uh, the fans deserve better. The team I think is better than this, but man, it's been rough. So Grifka, take that pause for the cause and we'll be right back. Talk all about it. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, everybody. Back here in the house. The Detroit Lions head up to Minnesota to play the Minnesota Vikings and Grifka. You know, it was what my man LeVar Ball said. It was an automatic loss. Uh, never lost. Never won with the blue pants. Because if we didn't talk about the terrible, not wearing the throwbacks, wearing the terrible gray jerseys, this is like the third or fourth time I've seen the aqua pants. So I knew it was an automatic loss from there. I knew we were outmanned across the board. It played out pretty much how I thought it would um, get get us kicked off like you know, what were your takes or, uh, you know, let's, let's start talking about this game. Yeah, this was a game. It's just, uh, you know, early in the season, you're always kind of excited for Sunday to roll around. You're watching the pre games and you can't wait for one o'clock. This was like one of those games, like, you know, okay, is it one o'clock almost time? Let's just kind of see what's going to happen here. And I really was, I was really waiting just for like something big positive to happen. You know, I want to see Blau again. And I don't think they pared down the offense for him, but I just, I, I think that Minnesota's defense just did some stuff that kind of confused him because he, he looked like a rookie quarterback in there. I mean, there was times I swear I was shouting at the TV, just going, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And, and it's just, I don't know. It was the defense played pretty good at first and uh, they stopped him, and, and then, you know, Minnesota kind of figured him out. And uh, I, I, I just, uh, I think Minnesota, I don't want to say came into this game overconfident, but it seemed like at one point they just knew they could throw their helmets on and, you know, win, win this game if they wanted to. And that's kind of what it seemed right right from the – probably about was at the third drive in the first half for Minnesota. So, Grifko, before we get into this game, I, I got to throw this at you. I, I think you have some man love for David Blau, and here's why. On Twitter, uh, this, this actually became funnier to me after I did it. So – I was watching David Blau's like post game presser. I'm like, this dude's got some crazy weird eyebrows. They were like, you know, that was some people that have thick eyebrows, but he had his that looked like uh, they were just shaped funny and I couldn't stop looking at him. I'm like, I'm like, isn't there like some cartoon character that's some crazy eyebrows? So of course I wasted some of my very precious time and Googled it. Sure enough, David Blau is freaking count. Uh, Count Chocula, man. You, and and I, I, I looked, I looked over like three or four pictures, and I put this one up on Twitter with David Blau and Count Chocula right next to him. And I was like, oh, that'll be kind of funny. I'll put it up there and just let the people kind of respond to it. I swear, if you go back and look at this tweet, the more that you look at Count Chocula's face, <laughs> his face, everything except for like the embellished crazy nose, is freaking David Blau. The face looks just like him. The eyebrows are crazy like him. So people are responding. People are like, oh, he's Count Chocula forever. Like, <laughs> they're just loving it. And then you come with your first half positive tweet ever uh, coming to this guy's defense, telling me about, oh, he, you know, he just kind of had some rookie mistakes. He needs some more time. I mean, I like David Blau's, like, character. He seems like a great dude. Uh, he, he shows a few things on the football field, but... 
I mean, this isn't a guy I'm backing up to the high heavens. I mean, if I allow him to be a clipboard holder next year, he should be fortunate here with the Detroit Lions. But you, you seem to have a little man love, a little take. And, uh, you know, I you should probably tell the people more about this because I, I want to know why you not only want to watch this guy, but why you seem overly high on him, which you never are. Uh, I I think he's got he's got a pretty good, pretty good arm. I mean, he's not a scrambler. He's not, you know, he's not like Randall Cunningham or anything like that. But he does have a little bit of movement. I think he's better than Jeff Driscoll. Um, it's just uh, one of those things. Like he's he's kind of like that quarterback that we always talking about. That big, strong pocket passer. And um, I think he would fit okay in the system. I mean, the biggest thing is he's just got to be smart enough to pick up on the playbook. That's where a lot of people just want to end up seeing like, oh, if your starting quarterback's not doing very well, it's like, oh, I'll throw the backup in there. And, um, you know, I mentioned this, you know, prior guys like, you know, that have played that were career backups, you know, like Todd Collins, he played, he had so many years in the NFL and, you know, I think he started what, like five games, but he was in the NFL for like 10 years, you know, Doug Peterson, he never played because he was Brett Favre's back. It's like one of those things, like the guy was obviously a free agent at some point, but nobody ever, nobody ever wanted to sign him. But I, I think that Blau, I mean, you know, just watching him at Purdue, it's just uh, they ran, you know, a, kind of like a pass-happy offense there when he was there. I think he can sling the ball around. Uh, it's just one of those things, like like I said in the game against Minnesota, if he just got more snaps, I mean, I think he's just used to seeing those college windows, which were bigger. And there was points where he was just afraid to throw the ball because the window was tighter, where Stafford's going to give his guy an opportunity. And they even mentioned it, Chris Bielman even mentioned it during the game that um, Detroit's corner or um, wide receivers were bigger and stronger than Minnesota's cornerbacks. And, you know, he's like, just go up there and give him a chance. And it just didn't seem like Blau did that. So, like I said, if he just got some more snaps, he can go out there and sling it around. He, I'm not saying he's going to go, you know, be Tony Romo or anything like that, but he could be. He could be a fine backup for the team. I don't know Sean Hill asked that. Everybody was always calling for, you know, getting Sean Hill in there. But I think he's better than Jeff Driscoll. All right. Well, I I thought it was humorous that you your first half supportive positive tweet uh, you come in to count Chocula's defense while I was having a little bit of fun and acting like uh, just give this guy some time, Oakry. I'm like he's David Blau. I mean, I don't mind him maybe as a backup quarterback, but I'm not tuning in on Sundays excited to see him. I'm just dealing with him and uh, looking at his numbers. We'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, it was not pretty on Sunday, so it was a nice story early on on Turkey Day, but it's getting already a little bit old with me. But yeah. everybody check out but that I, tweet I, at Derek Oakery about Count Chocula. Yeah, but I also really like Count Chocula. I always pick up a few boxes of those from Meyer <laughs> on Halloween. When they when they bring out the ho- when uh, when they bring out the Halloween uh, cereal, you know, the Boo Berry <laughs> and the you know the Frankenberry. No way, man. It's like I might pick up a box of those. I'm always grabbing three or four boxes of Count Chocula. I love that stuff. <laughs> Griff, could do me a favor at some point during this week. Go back and look again at that tweet and and just look at the facial features of Chocula and Blau. And then look at the eyebrows. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, actually okay. scary when I – because I didn't even mean to, but like literally when I started – uh, the face is much more like it than you would even think uh, as we're talking right now. So anyway, uh, people had fun with that. Grifka loves him some David Blau. Let's get to this game. Grifka, I want to blow through this, uh, get us to halftime quickly. So let me just tell you my quick bullet point notes. Uh, early on, the first time David Blau, <clears throat> Count Choculus, uh, hiked the football, he got two balls knocked down and got sacked. 
and it was and everybody in Detroit either turned their TV off or knew this was a long day. Then soon after that, another reason to turn your TV off. This guy, I don't know if you've heard of him. He seems to kill the Lions, but nobody else in the NFL has any clue who he is. His name is BC Johnson, Grifka. Yeah, exactly. BC Johnson, no clue. He scores a touchdown on us. I have here uh random odd helmet to helmet calls on Jelani Tavai. I don't know if I should be mad at Tavai or the refs or both, but that was odd. The Vikings going play action all day. I mean, how many times can you fake it to the running back and then throw it down the field? Kirk Cousins. I hate the zone defense, Grifka. It just seems like we have guys playing areas and then guys will run right in front of their face past the sticks and we'll just stay in our area and they throw a a ball that I could complete right to them for first downs. It's ridiculous. Um, Coleman, our big $9 million corner, is absolutely garbage right now. I don't know what his problem is, and his his numbers are ridiculous. I think somebody put him out, like, yards against. He's at, like, 600, and the next closest is in the 400s. So he's just been getting toasted and roasted like your boy Winsock all day. I've got here that we did a third and one up the middle like we always do. Ugh. Uh, That got stopped. We had a punt. And then where I want to pass it to you to give either your bullets or your thoughts – one minute, 10 seconds left. Count Choculus uh, rolls out. He has easy throw away. Instead, he keeps the football. He gets sacked for a 12-yard loss. Matt Prater comes in and hits a knuckle puck that moved at least four times and went wide with a kick. And then the Vikings just move down the field with less than a minute left and score an easy touchdown. Dalvin Cook, the minute they pitched it to Dalvin Cook, you might as well just chalk it up because he was walking in untouched. You could tell right from the get-go that we didn't have our lanes. We didn't have anybody coming up with any thump, and it was just embarrassing to watch. So that, that's basically my first half right there. Uh, 17, no, by the, yeah, 17 zip at half when it could have been 10-3. Go ahead. Yeah, the one play you described where uh, Blau took the sack, that was one where I know I was definitely going, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And uh, he just kind of kept dropping back and back and back. And, jeez, uh, that was that was more annoying than anything to watch. But, you know, then, I don't know, Prater is just, that thing was terrible. It kind of looked like the kick in Washington where it just kind of, like, took a right turn out of nowhere. And it was just, oh, so that was frustrating. And then, uh, th- th- I guess you got to hand it to, you know, everybody's going to talking about that pass Kirk Cousins made to Stefan Diggs down the field for 40 yards. But, I mean, yeah, it was a good pass, but that was a better catch by Diggs. I mean, he he made a nice adjustment on it. Slay, I have a lot of people, are, I've written a lot of people just burning Slay on that. It's like, oh, come in and break. You know, it's like one of those plays where you always say, like, he's in his back pocket, which he was. I mean, that thing almost went through <laughs> Diggs' hands, but he made a nice play, you know, making that catch. Diggs had a day. So, Grifka. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I know you shook his hand. Like, I know you're going to stick up for him regardless. He, here's the issue everybody has with Darius Slay, not only on this play, but in general. Darius Slay, I went back and I watched, you know, that portion of the game. There was 30 seconds left and they were at midfield. How are you letting a guy get two, three steps on you, even though he, Darius Slay, oh, he pushed off, but it was a good catch. How is this guy behind you at this point? Like, you, you know you can play softer coverage or you know anything over the top of you is the thing you don't want at this point. You know, we would even give up a field goal. Not not the biggest worry, but to give up this 50, I think it was probably a 40-some-yard ball, put him right inside the 5, 10-yard line. 
that's what's inexcusable. And then Darius Slay's attitude, your boy. I, I mean, this guy, he's a, a pretty good player, but his interviews after, oh, I'm just happy that the check comes on Thursdays, all this talk. Oh, I don't worry about it. Like, you know, I just come in and, and do the best I can. Like, it's getting kind of tired, man. It's funny when we're winning. It's funny when he's making game-ending picks, and it kind of is, is wearing on me of just this guy. Like, I don't think he, he 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 loves football. I think he just he's pretty good at, at a cover corner, but I don't know. It's just getting getting to the point. Like he's he's probably a great guy at heart, but I I I feel like it's coming off bad to the fan base as well as you know, oh, well, you know, good catch by him. It's like, no, there's no, oh, well. Like, why is a guy beating you for 40 yards when there's no time on the clock and the team's, you know, at the, on the other side of the, the 50? Like, it's like, – that's the inexcusable part. I don't care if you were close in coverage. I don't care if you, you know, uh, if the guy pushed you, whatever. Like, he shouldn't be running past you. That's the problem. Yeah, um, I, I don't dig as fast. And it might be one of those things where – you know, you often hear him say, you know, like the, the one cliche everybody uses, like playing for plot, playing for pride. This could be one of those things. You, the other cliche you always hear about playing out the string. You know, it's just one of those things. You're just you're out there playing because you, you know, you're not, you know, dinged up enough to be scratched, and uh, you know, you're just kind of wanting to go out there and not, you know, get too injured, and you're going out there just playing out the string, like you said. Check shows up, you know, when you walk into Allen Park on Tuesday, you go over to the cashier. It's like, here, you sign your name. Here's your check. There you go. So, uh, yeah. is, is that the kind of players you want on your team, Grifka? I mean, I know you love this guy. I know he just can't do any wrong. But, like, have you ever listened to one of his recent interviews? I mean, he's throwing coaching staff under the bus in a discreet way. They always ask him, you know, hey, is it hard to play the season? No, I just – I don't even worry about it. Like I just do the best I can, you know, just trying to be out there. It's like, I mean, again, I don't hate the guy, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, some of his act to me is getting a little bit tired or a little bit like you don't want, you know, 30, 40 other guys that act like that. And I'm sure it, it somewhat rubs off, you know? Yeah. This might be one of those things you hear, you hear a guy say what, um, from like reports on other teams, other players, you know, he's talking his way out of town. You know, maybe that's what he wants. The same thing, kind of what, you know, people were saying about Sue, you know, when he was here, he was like kind of saying stuff like that or like what his sister was out on Twitter or social media saying stuff like that. And people like, oh, he's just he's just talking his way out of town. You know, I mean, maybe that could be. And it's not it's not a contract year. So it's not like one of those things where you always hear those things. Contract years guys are going to step the game up because they want to they want to get paid. You know, he's he's he got paid a little bit you know so maybe he's you know like, like said, I, the, the long and short of it is like i can see him going to another organization that's winning and him just being the funniest guy in the room you know a, a above average you know again i, I i'm hesitant to put him in that top 10 because i i know he has his nickname but you know he doesn't have a ton of you know uh, scoring plays. He had the one big year with a bunch of turnovers. Other than that, it's a few here or there. He says he doesn't get thrown at now, which I'm sure year after year is a little bit more true that he doesn't get as many looks as he did early in his career. But I, I just see him going somewhere else and being like a above average to really good corner and being really fun in the locker room. But I feel like maybe it's just not, it's just not working here anymore based on what he makes his attitude and, you know, if they're not going to pair him with anybody, he can't guard both people. So, 
he should never be getting burned and all the other rest of our guys are getting roasted. So it's just, it's just tough. I, I urge you to go check him out on YouTube or something, listen to some of his stuff and then, you know, see if you'd back him as much. Cause it, it's turned. I mean, some people in the media still love him cause he's good for a quote, but I don't know. It is what it is. So it, you got more stuff. I interrupted you there. You got more stuff on the first half or you want to move to the second half? Um, I guess just to end it, I mean, uh, I was actually feeling a little good if they're like, okay, 10, nothing, you know, stuff could happen, you know, for, for the way the defense had played Minnesota, it seemed to be marching the ball pretty good here and there, but the Lions, you know, it's 10 points is still very, very within reach with the team. And then, like you said, once they went down, you know, 17, nothing, I think all pretty much all the air went out of my balloon with that game. I'm right there with you. Like my, my thing was, you know, not only you could say 10 zip, it should have been 10 three. And even when we missed that field goal, you know, a good football team, you know, it's only 50 seconds left or they'd go down and stop them and, and just keep it at 10 zip and to go and give up a, a walk-in touchdown. Not only was deflating just from the fact that they just roved the field on you with less than a minute, they threw one up over the top against your best, you know, cover corner. I mean, these are the type of swings I talk about that, you know, are a little play here or there that if you make it, hey, I wouldn't mind going in the locker room 10-3 against the Minnesota Vikings on the road with a totally depleted, you know, offense and defense, you know, when you're talking about the Detroit Lions. But to, to go in 17-zip, I mean, was not good. And then they came out the locker room and made a few stops too, and they, they just could not get anything going offensively. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's just, again, it's injuries, it's – it's uh, just there's not enough playmakers, even though the offense, like you said that before, has showed some things still. And the defense actually was getting some decent plays, you know, early, but also in the second half. And it still didn't matter because, I mean, it's basically what, 20 zip late in this football game. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, shutouts, you know, really matter to like a team that's was losing that game. I know no team wants to get shut out. And I, I guess I got to hand it to him for actually, you know, trying to go for that touchdown as opposed to just trying the field goal, you know, prayed it out there and getting three points. Uh, at least they went for it and they scored the touchdown late in the game to Galladay. So, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I have to hand it to him for that. <laughs> and my thing is you can always find these little glimpses. Cause if you just take that throw and that, that play in a bubble, not only was it gutsy to go for it. I mean, not, not gutsy because of the situation, but just kind of like, you know, what you want to see is like in that type of situation. Yeah. You don't want to kick a field goal and look wimpy that you're just trying to get on the board. So they went for it. Um, that throw back shoulder was great. The the route by Kenny Gallagher, you go back and watch, he sort of got on top of the guy and, and shielded him and, and looked for the ball on the backside, made a good adjustment made the catch. I mean, if you just take that, you're like, Hey, that that's not bad. Even getting down in that position, you know, they made a few plays, but to me, it was kind of just the too little, too late. We all know about onside kicks in the NFL. You knew that wasn't going to, you know, come to fruition, even though they uh, can't remember what they did. I think they did a high bouncer, but we had nobody in the area. So I know we're skipping right to the end, but like to me, there wasn't, there wasn't much to talk about in the second half, like a, a few stops by the defense, you know, a lot of no offense from the Lions and then a little late touchdown. And then that was basically it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, I think it was one of those things more like uh, 
like I said, Minnesota knew whenever they wanted to, they could kind of turn on the offense. They seemed to go a little more conservative with their offense in the second half. And yeah. it just seemed, like you said, it just seemed like the offense just could not get going, you know. So, you know, it's kind of, like you said, a disappointment right. with, like, the Thanksgiving, way Blau looked on Thanksgiving, back to what, you know, looking at that rookie quarterback, undrafted rookie quarterback at that. So, so one of my buddies, Wagner, he got at me and he was like, Oakry, I'm done with Matt Patricia. Like, I've seen enough. The, the defense has regressed. You know, this, he's just going on and on. And I was like, I think I gave him my normal, like, all right, let me tell you the, the players that I have confidence in. So I ran down a list of, you know, I started on the offensive side of the ball, Stafford, carry on Galladay, Hawk, you know, um, Frank Ragnow, and I went to the defensive side of the ball. It's kind of like slay, snacks, hand, flowers. Um, you know, I probably threw um, like a half and half on J.D. and Tobias. Like you at least got a, a ball player between the two of them. You got to figure out how to use them. And then I threw in, you know, Tracy's my guy. So it's like I threw out, you know, some – you some pieces there that not only can you build around, but if, if they're up and rolling, you're kind of like, if you add to that, it's not like they're devoid of talent on, on both or one side of the football completely. Everybody's so upset with this defense. So we'll probably get into it on Friday, Grifka, but my thought was just everybody is going crazy about how the season has been. They, they're, they're deeming it like this roster has no ball players. They're deeming it like the coach has never won a game his whole life or has never drawn up a defense. And like, I don't know. Let's talk about it on Friday about this whole notion of you are what your record says you are. But cause to me, I got lots of thoughts on that. And I feel like, you know, I, I'm not going to come on Friday or the rest of the season and say, Hey, look, everybody, what a great year we had, you know, look at all these amazing moments, but the NFL, you know, can flip quick. And I do feel like I just named off about 10 plus players on, on both sides of the ball. So you got about five, six uh, ball players on both sides. You obviously need, you know, more like that seven, eight, and then you're always going to have a couple real questionable pieces, but I really don't think they're that far away from talent. I feel like you can blame the coach, but I guarantee you Matt Pat is coaching the right things. He's saying the right things. It's just not happening on Sundays. I mean, they can't guard people. They can't stop people. They can't get, turn the football over. They can't score touchdowns and they can't, uh, they can't, you know, get themselves going. Like I said, they don't have enough dogs to play physical right now. They just have a couple that are out there busting their hump and a couple people that are going through the motions. So that's my quick synopsis of what I'm seeing. And like I said, I'd like to dive into it more on our other show if we can. Yeah, because um, I saw that on Twitter, and I, I really want to touch base with you on that. So I'm glad we're going to carve some time out for Friday's show just to touch base on that. Yeah. You got anything else big, Grifka? Like, to me, that that was the ball game. I mean, basically, what, 20 to, 20 to 7 Vikings, um, you know – there may be nothing to it, but the fact that this was like a 13 and a half, or I think it maybe went down to 12 and a half since I hear these Vegas scores. To me, there's always something funky going on. There's, there's no way that people should be able to like guess ahead of time that an NFL football game is going to be a 13 and a half point game and it ends up being a, a 13 point game. 
<laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's just crazy to me how that shakes out. But, uh, you know, that late touchdown, you know, basically brought, I, I don't know if it was in the, within the spread without, doesn't matter to me, but I just always think those are weird how they can pinpoint stuff like that because I know it's their job and they're experts to some degree, but NFL is pretty random. And for them to get some of these scores the way they do, but, you know, real quick before we get out of here, Count Chocula, 20 for 40, 205, one touch, two picks. I mean, that's that's pr- terrible, however you slice it. Uh, your boy, Kirk Cousins. Grifka, I know you say he's uh, – He's not that great. <laughs> well, uh, his numbers may be otherwise because he was 24 out of 30, 242, one touchdown. And like you said, took the – the pedal off the metal there uh to me Bo Scarborough I remember halfway through this game going Bo Scarborough is our best player I mean I love me some Kenny Galladay and I I guess if you really break it down he's the he's the best offensive skill player but when Bo runs it to me he's like the the only thing I enjoy watching these last bunch of games because he falls forward he runs I even wrote on my notes that he missed a few runs early where there was actually some decent holes and he sort of just got six seven eight yards where I would like to see him turn it up and, and get 15 or more but both Scarborough has been a bright spot another 19 for 65 I mean not a great yards per carry but um, just the way he ran it I liked Kenny really didn't do anything till late in the football game but ended up with six for 58 and a touchdown and, uh, yeah, like I say, the Vikings just sort of – Dalvin Cook barely, you know, into the second half, and he went 18 for 62 and a TD. Would have had probably definitely 100 and a couple scores, uh, you know, if they needed him to. And uh, and Diggs kind of just did a pedestrian day as well, 92 yards. Uh, so those are kind of the stats. I mean, again, uh, two – did the Lions have two turnovers? It says two turnovers here. Or is that Detroit turned it over twice? I think Detroit turned it over twice. Okay. That that makes more sense because a big goose egg again here for the Lions turning the football over. I mean, I guess to turn it over, you'd actually have to be tight coverage or actually sack somebody or actually get after it a little bit. Um, they, they, you know, almost put up 400 total yards. They had the football a lot longer than we did. I mean, first downs, somewhat close. But, yeah, all the stats tilted towards the Vikings. And, like, that late touchdown was just what it was. So, pretty pretty tough football game across the board. But, uh, like you say, just uh, just trying to get through it. I, I still have high hopes and moving forward, especially in 2020. But um, I'm having a struggle sort of getting through these last couple because there's not much to watch. And, like you said, didn't have that NFL feel not only before the game, but once it got kicked off, you know, I was kind of there. But I, I can't say I was – Anywhere as fired up as I'd love to be right here in uh, December watching our Detroit Lions. Yeah, but what I would love if, you know, David Blau, if you're listening, man, please call us, you know, at 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. I would love to talk to you about the game. And, uh, you know, like I said, you got a little bit of a fan right here. I do love Count Chocula. I realize, you know, that you, you know, you might, you might, you might uh, form your eyebrows based on him, but I promise if you call in, I won't call you Count Chocula. Can't speak for Derek, but I won't. Just wait until you go back and look at the picture, Griffith. It's going to freak you out. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. It's, it's freaky. But anyway, everybody, um, you know what we got to do before we get up out of here? The, the question that just sweeps the nation every week right about this time. Grifka. You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope.
Oh, man. Tough loss. Tough season. Um, we're going to have some fun on Friday, though. Some debates, probably some rants. And uh, we got the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in here. I hear their quarterback's got a broken thumb. I, Mike Evans isn't going to play. They're at home. You know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what our predictions are. But it'd be kind of nice if the Lions went and put up like you know, 40 points or 30 points and just ran away with it. I think it's going to be another tough game, though, to uh, get a W. But uh, we'll talk all about it on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.